says girls can't play baseball? Who says women can't throw? Give them a league of their own to play. Then step back and get out of the way. So let's root, root, root for the girls team. Let's give the poor coach a break. Cause it's Flash, Flash, we're having a bash at the old ball game. Does Flash, Flash imply <laughs> we get to see their ass? No, I think it means <laughs> the flash bulbs from the camera. Okay, whatever you, whatever you want to interpret that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where there's no crying! There's no crying in baseball! I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are covering the 1992 sports comedy film, A League of Their Own. A League of Their Own, baby! Can I call this one a classic? Sure. This, I believe this is a classic. Guys, I'm sorry about the Gary and Penny Marshall stuff. Like, we've been on a lot of it. The Gary and Penny Marshall marathon. We've been featuring a lot of their people. And guess what? We're going to do it again. (laughs) Don't forget, guys, before we get started, you can go follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. And you can also write to the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And as of today, I am proud to announce that you can now also listen to us on Spotify. You're kidding. No, yeah, Spotify let us in. Thanks, Spotify. Yeah. I should use you more often. (laughs) Come on, sis, get the ball rolling. Columbia Pictures would like to take you out to the ball game. For an all-star comedy. They'll pay you $75 a week. We only make 30 at the dairy. Well then, this would be more, wouldn't it? The manager, Tom Hanks. Are you crying? (laughs) There's no crying! There's no crying in baseball! The catcher, Gina Davis. What do you say we slip in the back seat and you make a man out of me? Why should I smack you around for a while? Can't we do both? The pitcher, Lori Petty. I made it! The scout, John Lovitz. Are you coming? See how it works is. The train moves, not the station. And batting cleanup, Madonna. What if my uniform bursts open and, oops, my bosoms come flying out? You think there were men in this country who ain't seen your bosoms? A league of their own. All right. God knows we have a game. It's not like any of this helps, believe me. Directed by Penny Marshall. So what's this movie? What What's this all about? It's about the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. Can I just, Did I get that right? You're right. But like, shouldn't it be called women's? You're right. You're right. Why is it called girls? You're, you're, you're already getting to one of my least favorite things about the movie, which is that we usually, in the movie, they're constantly calling them girls, even though they're all grown women. But that's just a form of 1940s infantilization that's managed to follow us till today. You're right. You're right. So, you know. Guys, guess what? Tom well, Hanks. Tom Hanks is back again. again. Yeah, so soon. We can't keep off of Tom Hanks. And then this Gina Davis. 
Madonna. Yeah. Madonna's been in three films. <laughs> as far as you know. <laughs> Who's that girl? A League of Their Own and Evita. That's it. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Those three films are the only three films I've ever heard of that I know of that she's in. Guys, Lori Petty. Yes. Guys, I've never seen Lori Petty in anything else but this and Orange is the New Black. And but I love her. Two wildly different performances. Exactly. David Strathern. You might know him from, uh, he was William Seward in Lincoln. He was Edward R. Murrow. Yes. Shout out to our Mike Murrow. Our Mike is named Murrow. He was Edward R. Murrow in Good Night and Good Luck. A good role. He was in The Uninvited, which is a shit movie that I enjoy. He's also in this show I like, Alphas. That was basically a hero's clone that never took off. Sounds like it. John Lovitz. Why? (laughs) John Lovitz is back. Can we just glaze over John Lovitz, please? (laughs) And if you guys know anything about Penny or Gary Marshall, you know they put each other in each other's films. Yep. That'll be me and you one day. It will be me and you (laughs) one day. Absolutely. And Gary's in this one. Guys. Please welcome back a kicking and streaming fan favorite, President Thomas Whitmore. <laughs> Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman, guys. In his fourth kicking and streaming appearance. Yeah, we've done uh, Independence we, Day. We did Casper. We, we did, did Sleepless in, in Seattle. And now we've got League of Their Own. Absolutely. He was like a nobody. He's in this for all of five minutes. You know, yeah, really. Five minutes of collective screen time. Yeah. That's why he's billed last. Okay. Penny Marshall literally watched a documentary called A League of Their Own. Yeah. And she was very, very inspired by it. Baseball is, as they call it, a men's sport. (laughs) And I think it's wrong to call any sport a man's sport. I agree. (laughs) Because women can play any fucking sport they want to. Any sport that men can. Yeah. It's just literally. Hey, 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 guys. Hey, guys. Unless the sport requires that appendage between your legs to play it, women can play that sport. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And so she was very, very much inspired by that documentary. And she literally got with the filmmakers and was like, hey, let's turn it into a movie, guys. And they were like. Really? Yeah. You want to turn our little documentary into a film? And she was like, totally. (laughs) Absolutely. It's a great story. She said, have you met Rosie O'Donnell? (laughs) She's going to be in the movie. (laughs) And they said, Rosie O'Donnell, she's funny. (laughs) And they said, yeah, she's going to be in the movie with Madonna. (laughs) And they were like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. All right. You ready to warm up? (laughs) (laughs) You know, baseball. Can I preface this by saying my own experience? experience of baseball was not great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I played softball. You played baseball. See, that's stupid. Yeah, I know. Just call it baseball. You know what's especially stupid about that? Softball was invented for old men. Yeah, it was. Yep. So we're starting out old. In 1988, right? Yeah. With an aging Dottie Henson, she's attending a reunion game for the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. She didn't want to go. No, she didn't want to go because this is not really something she thinks of as part of herself. Exactly. It's just something she used to do. Mm -hmm. She's sort of humble in that way, I think. Mm -hmm. I just don't think this is a good idea. Oh, come on, Mom. I mean, you're going to get to see Aunt Kit. You two hardly ever get to see each other. We still won't. Kit won't be there. She'll be traveling around with that husband of hers. Frank, he has a name. Frank, he's always been very nice to you. Also, this is the best dub job ever. I I agree completely. Because it is not that actress playing the older version of Dottie that is speaking. It's Gina Davis. Her daughter, Margaret, is basically dragging her to this thing. Yeah. She's like, if you don't go, you're going to regret it. So Dottie arrives at the game and she's seeing all of these other older women playing the game and she's suddenly transported back to 1943. It's been 84 years. (laughs) 
it's, it's very, you get those vibes. Yeah. Baseball's biggest stars say, look out, Mr. Hitler. The Yanks are coming. Not to mention the Indians, Red Sox, and Tigers. And they won't come back till it's over, over there. We're getting this montage of this old baseball footage from the 40s with the explanation that the men are off to fight Hitler and baseball as an institution is at risk. The footage is spliced together with fake newsreel of Gary Marshall as the Cubs owner, Walter Harvey. I wrote, Walter Harvey? You mean Gary Marshall? (laughs) Every time I see Gary Marshall on screen, he's just a mouthful of teeth. Uh Uh-huh. Like you feel like you could punch him in the mouth and Rachmaninoff would play. You know... We have Ira Lowenstein, who Harvey is going to put in charge of trying to save Major League Baseball. It's a very tall order. Well, because, you know, we're in a tough spot in America here. Yeah. We're at war. In 1943. Oregon. 1943. Now we're in Oregon. And we've got local baseball teams competing, like just for funsies, you know? I mean, I mean, we don't do sports anymore, and there are people out there who don't do the sports at all. Sometimes in your local community, all the businesses, they'll all have their own baseball team. Yeah. And then they'll all compete for funsies. It's a, it's the, it is the American pastime, folks. Including the local dairy. This is where we meet young Dottie. Gina Davis. Ah! I do love her. She's very statuesque. Yeah. She's Hellenic. She's a good actress. I just, I've never seen a movie that I didn't enjoy her in. You're right. Yeah. I would agree with you there. I'm not saying she's Meryl Streep. I'm saying she's always good. Look, sis, she's getting everybody out high. Don't swing at that pitch, okay? I can hit it. I can't. I can. This bat's too heavy. You're never going to get it around. I will. And her sister, Kit Keller. Lori Petty. Yeah, Lori Petty. Lil Lolly. It's Kit's turn to be up to bat, and Dottie tells her for, I'm sure, the millionth time, don't swing at the highballs. Yeah. But she likes them. Yeah. So she's going to swing at them anyway. And guess what? She strikes out. Yeah. (laughs) Baseball is pressure in these communities. Yeah, because, again... American pastime, we'll learn throughout this movie that Kit's got some problems being in her older sister's shadow. Absolutely. Especially since Dottie steps up to bat, and she's a far more disciplined player than Kit. She doesn't swing at crappy pitches, she waits for her moment, and she hits it right into the outfield. She runs in all of these women that were standing in loaded bases, and they win the ball game. Yeah. Like, she's literally the team's hero. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just rolls off her back. She's like... I know I'm the shit. I ain't freaking out about it. (laughs) But Kit. Kit's humiliated that Dottie had to bail her out of that. Mm -hmm. She's very insecure about living in her sister's shadow. You ever hear dad introduce us to people? This is our daughter, Dottie. This is our other daughter, Dottie's sister. Should have just had you and bought a dog. Are you Ross's sister? No. (laughs) No. It's... You're Carrie's little brother. You're Ross's sister, aren't you? No. (laughs) I mean, it's both. Yeah, it is both. both. They live on a farm with their family and they're- I love Oregon. Yeah? I want to go someday. We're going to make the pilgrimage one of these days. Yes, we are. To Oregon. I wrote, a dairy farm must be something gross. Oh, yeah. Smells all the time, I bet. When they're in the barn milking the cows Uh and of all the people to walk in- but John Lovitz. <laughs> As Ernie Cappadino, right? Yes. I wrote, John Lovitz I can't take seriously. Ernie's character is just like a real jerk whose narrative use is mostly to make fun of the women. And to have John Lovitz in a movie. I mean, for real. 
And it's time to get sticky with Mickey. (laughs) Guys, I'm sorry for all the random references you guys must either don't pick up on or don't understand why I put them in at a certain time. Just Google it. Yeah. I'm Ernie Cappadino. I'm a baseball scout. I saw you playing today. Not bad. Not bad. You ever hear Walter Harvey makes Harvey bars? He's starting a girls' baseball league. So we can make a buck while the boys are overseas. Want to play? He's here to make Dottie, not Kit, but Dottie, an offer to be on the girls' league that Walter Harvey is starting. Hate him. Because that's how they're going to save baseball. All the men are off to fight Hitler, and we're going to put the women in their own league. With all the men off fighting, you know, who's going to run the factories and play sports? It's the women. Yeah. Yeah. It would pay more per week than they make at the dairy, and... Kit really wants to play, even though Ernie doesn't want her to. Like, he's here for Dottie. Kit's a pitcher, not a hitter. So that's why Ernie didn't see her shine at the game today. But Dottie thinks it's really silly. She's just waiting for her husband to come home from the war so life can get back to normal. Mm -hmm. Because her husband's name is Bob. Bob. And so he's overseas, and she's just waiting for the war to be over. Mm -hmm. Oh, come on. What do you say? Are you in? No, thanks. Dottie. No, thanks. Hey, no skin off my ashtabula. You want to stay here plucking cows, that's your business. And the only way he'll let Kit come to the tryouts is if she gets Dottie to say yes as well. And Dottie's just like, hmm, think about it, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) And Ernie's like, okay, train's leaving tomorrow, be there, be square. And it's not an easy sell. But Dottie eventually comes around to Mm -hmm. it. And, like, I love how we're at the train station. The train is leaving. Yeah. And here comes Dottie and Kit. They're running with their suitcases. They're like, we're going. Please wait. Please stop. (laughs) They get on the train and Ernie goes, did you promise the cows you'd write? It was the one time I laughed at John Lovitz throughout the entire thing. He actually had a much bigger part. And then they- I understand why they would cut him down. Now we're on our way to Fort Collins, Colorado to make a pit stop to look at another girl for this team. A woman named Marla. Judy Neutron. Yes. I'm kidding. Megan Cavanaugh. Also, this Marla chick is hitting them. Oh, she's fantastic. Also, why would you ever practice this shit inside? It's raining outside. Oh, is that what it is? In the scene, yeah. Well, she's breaking windows and busting bleachers. (laughs) She doesn't miss a single pitch. But you can't see her face. She's got her cap pulled down. Her dad's like, you're going to love my girl. She's going to be a star. She's got the eye of DiMaggio. Yeah, and then they bring her up close, and then she takes the hat off. Can't use her. She's great. Why not? What's the problem? You know General Omar Bradley? Yeah. Well, there's too strong a resemblance. All right, honey. You mean you ain't taking her because she ain't pretty? Well, look who just caught up. It makes me... I think she's cute. It. Ma- I think she's cute, too. Yeah. It makes me so mad because this is so relatable to me and honestly makes me want to flip all of the tables because, you know, when you're pretty... Our society is built so that you can kind of ride that if you want to. Yeah. But if you're not, you have to do something else. And she did the something else and then almost missed an opportunity because she wasn't pretty enough. Is this table nailed down? (laughs) I'm going to flip it. I swear to God. Like, women can't make it anywhere in 1943. God. Ernie finally buckles. He's like, okay, let's go. Now we've arrived at, quote, Harvey Field? 
in Chicago? Yes. Which is really just Wrigley Field. I don't know why they wouldn't just call it Wrigley Field. Like, they get there, and John Lovitz just pieces out. Yeah, he's like, bye. (laughs) I hate the phrase he uses, I have to go home, see my wife, and give her a little pickle tickle. (laughs) And I'm like... Somebody just wanted to say that. Somebody, the writers just wanted that in there. They wanted John Lovitz to say the phrase pickle tickle. There's like a hundred women on the field throwing, warming up. We're going to meet some other women who are trying out for the team. But most importantly. May, played by Madonna. All the way, May, Mortabito. And Doris. Doris Murphy. Played by Rosie O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell. You know, Rosie O'Donnell did not think she was gonna get along with Madonna. Oh, they get along famously. They do. They're like best friends to this day. They're best friends on and off screen. And they tell the girls the same thing I just told you. There's only 64 spots and there's well over 100 girls. Yeah, what are you, a genius? <laughs> you know, they got over 100 girls here, so... um. Some of you are going to have to go home. Yeah, sorry about that. Come on, Doris. Those people are jerks. What do you mean, some of us? Do it. Doris throws a ball at her head and Dottie catches it in her bare hand. Yeah, like she literally pinched a fly's wings in between her fingers. Like Ooh, I was just like, she caught that ball with her bare hand. Yeah, I know. Ouch. It must have hurt. But it- she didn't flinch. And I love Rosie goes, wait a minute. How did you do that? (laughs) Excuse me? Hello? You caught it in your bare hand. (laughs) So now we're getting a montage of the tryouts. I said, oh God, the temperance broadcast. Oh yeah, because we have this voiceover from some schoolhouse marm, busybody, talking about how women are taking their place in the industry while men fight Hitler, and it's going to be the downfall of our nation. When our boys come home from war, what kind of girls will they be coming home to? And now the most disgusting example of this sexual confusion, Mr. Walter Harvey of Harvey Bars is presenting us with women's baseball. They're doing pitch and catch drills, practicing tag outs. You know they used a slip and slide to teach the actors how to slide? Good. But they had to stop after the first three got concussions. You know, some of those bruises they're all real and real yeah. all of the injuries are real in this movie at the end of tryouts the teams are posted on the bulletin board and the coach is just like all right go find your name and may doris kit and dotty all make the rockford peaches <laughs> when kit sees her name she goes and tackles dotty and she's, she's like so, i'm a peach she's so excited i'm on the rockford peaches baby i'm a She didn't think she was going to make it because, you know, Ernie didn't even want her in the first place. I wrote, oh, and Cusack can't read. Yes, because everyone is sitting down to rap about what's going to happen. But there's this one woman still standing in front of the bulletin board. And the coach is like, are you lost? It's really sad. It is really sad. She She's about to cry. Yeah. Because she's so embarrassed. Oh, just look on the list. It's either Rockford, Racine, Kenosha, or South Bend. Hi. Uh, can you read, honey? No. Shirley can't read. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that we don't think about. Like, we, we yeah. I think that in our modern day, we think that adult illiteracy was conquered by then, but it wasn't. It's something that is still prevalent today. Shirley Baker's a peach. She's going to be on the peaches. Yeah, yeah. And she gets to go sit with them. Then we get the outfit reveal. Oh, man. The uniform 
Which is not a baseball <laughs> uniform. It's not. It is a dress. It is something that a man saw in a sex dream about baseball one time. The first thing someone yells is, you can't slide in that. <laughs> you can't slide in a skirt. <laughs> you can't slide in that. I like it. Hey, that's a dress. It's half a dress. Excuse me, that's not a baseball uniform. Yeah, what do you think we are, ball players or ballerinas? <laughs> Lowenstein walks up. And he's like, all right, no smoking, no dating, no sex. You guys are going to be cloistered like nuns and you're going to be ladies. And you know what else? They're going to have to go to beauty and charm school. These women are undergoing Emily Post style etiquette courses, like learning how to, you know, you know, sip your coffee not too loud and use the six or seven forks and knives on either side of the plate. This comes back to the school marm voiceover because now we have young women in a very masculine sport and the 40s mindset won't abide that because they have a very specific idea of what constitutes a lady. You know, maybe they're going to play the sport, but they're going to maintain the female standard while doing it. Yeah. Heads up. Back straight. And sit. Right over left. Legs always together. A lady reveals nothing. (laughs) Remember a couple of weeks ago when we were sitting in the garage having that intellectual conversation about what our personal hell would look like? I do. Well, we're there. Is this your personal hell? (laughs) Charm school. (laughs) Nothing fills me with rage more than the idea of people telling me how to be a woman. They have to learn to dance, to eat properly, to walk with posture, sit with their ankles crossed. They even get stylists to change things about their appearance so they'll look more feminine. Poor Marla! Again, we're going to have women playing baseball, but they're not going to look like men while they do it because, God forbid, that might actually expose the fact that women can do anything men can do. Listen, I know Tom Hanks is in this movie, but do we, can we, do, do we have to include Jimmy? I yeah. know we do. <laughs> we but have like, to include Jimmy. God, okay. D- had you remembered how bad Tom Hanks's character is? No. I, I couldn't, I thought he was going to be someone who's like hesitant at first, but then, you know, really gets into it. No. It takes him much longer. He is a drag throughout most of the film. So, as you've probably guessed, we're getting ready to be introduced to Jimmy Dugan, played by Tom Hanks. <laughs> oh, Dugan likes to drink. Yep. Dugan used to be a very big baseball player. He's literally off his game. He has a knee injury. Because he was drunk and fell out a window. Yes. <laughs> Walter Harvey, you know, Gary Marshall, is showing him around his mansion and offering to give him a managing job, but only if he promises that he's done drinking. Look, Jimmy, I want you to manage one of the new girls' baseball teams. Don't look so stunned. Face it. You're still a name. You step out of the dugout before every game. You wave your little hat in the air, you give the people a thrill. Why don't we just get an organ grinder? I can hop around and do a little dance. If your knees are up to it, go ahead. All right, I'll let you get back in the game, but you have to coach the girls. And he is not at all happy about that. Mm-mm. Because girls, ew, girls don't play baseball. Who says girls can't play baseball? I love that. <laughs> Jimmy stumbles into the locker room like 15 minutes before it's game time. He's drank on the first day, y'all. He doesn't say 
anything to them. He goes straight to the urinal and proceeds to drain the snake. And like, I love in the background the whole because like Madonna like approaches him like halfway <laughs> and she's like mesmerized <laughs> that his pee is lasting this long. And you can hear Rosie O'Donnell in the background go, time it. Somebody time Somebody it. Somebody time him. Somebody did time him. He's still going? It's 53 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> also, I love how Betty mm-hmm. comes up to me. He's like, will you sign the baseball card for my hut? And then he just rips it. Dugan, will you sign my husband's baseball card for me? Hey, great to meet you. That's so horrible. Yeah. Because her husband's a big fan of his, right? Imagine if I went up to J.K. Rowling. Uh-huh. And I said, will you sign my Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone? And she just took it and ripped it in half. It's so awful. Yeah. It was his baseball card, too. Yeah. Jimmy Dugan's baseball card. It's because Jimmy's a broken, broken man. Yeah. And he considers himself a shell of who he once was. And I don't feel bad for him at all. Everybody's warming up and all of the people in the stands are like, laughing and objectifying them. Also, there's no one at this game. Oh, no, there's probably like uh, 12 people there. Are they laughing at us? Yeah, they're laughing at us. They hate us. Just keep smiling. Hey, clown applause! Can you throw the ball? As the first game gets going, and Jimmy has absolutely no interest, he literally naps. He does. He naps. He doesn't pay a single bit of attention to the game at all. And Dottie's the one calling the shots. She's the one that made the lineup. Yeah. And she's the one that's giving signals to the batters. They're playing. They keep looking over to the dugout for instruction from Jimmy, but he's asleep. Yeah. And scratching his crotch. Passed out drunk. Dottie's making the calls. And they win their first game because of it. And somebody somebody calls Jimmy a master strategist. And I wrote, master strategist, my fucking ass. <laughs> like, my God, this was Dottie's doing. Ira Lowenstein comes down to the dugout after they win and starts dragging Jimmy. He's like, hey, can you actually coach and not just scratch your balls? Now, Jimmy, you have some pretty good ball players here. If you only give them a little bit of your... Ball players? I haven't got ball players. I've got girls girls want to sleep with after the game and I don't know what you coach during the game. I don't have ball players. I have girls. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Is this table nailed down? Also, you know I had a problem with this sequence. I wrote, quit spitting. <laughs> That's right, because Jimmy's always chewing on tobacco. He spits every 10 seconds in this scene. Oh, and he spits on Ira's nice shoe. Spits a poop load of tobacco <laughs> on his shoe. We've got some more fake newsreel footage that continues to undermine these women's athletic ability. Because look, everyone, they don't just play baseball, they're domestic, too. Yeah. With her husband in the Pacific, Betty Horn enjoys cooking spaghetti and knitting. Her teammates call her Betty Spaghetti. Ellen Sue Gottlander is a former Miss Georgia. Yow. Then there's pretty Dottie Henson who plays like Gehrig and looks like Garbo. Uh-uh, fellas, keep your mitts to yourself. She's married. And look how pretty they are. They know how to keep themselves looking nice and fit. Except for poor Marla. She's shot from really far away. <laughs> when she's just waving from way far in the background. <laughs> what a hitter. Yeah. Poor Marla. Let's talk about Evelyn. <laughs> yes. Evelyn is a very sweet blonde player. And she's she goes up to Dugan and she's like, hey, my 
my husband doesn't want to watch my son. <laughs> He's at his wits end. And so can I can I bring him with me when we go places? <laughs> He's really sweet. He's not really sweet, guys. His name is Stillwell. <laughs> Poor fucking kid. <laughs> So, yeah, pandemonium on the bus. They're going somewhere for a game, right? Yeah. And he's running up and down the aisles. <laughs> he jumps up behind the bus driver and covers his eyes. And that's the last straw for yeah. the bus driver. The bus driver straight up quits. He's just going to leave them there on the side of the road. Also, they ha- they have been dragging this woman named Mrs. Cuthbert around with them. Oh, she's their chaperone. Mrs. Cuthbert is there to make sure the ladies are ladies. That they're not drinking, that they're not smoking, yes. and that there are no men. Mrs. Cuthbert tries to run after Lou. <laughs> Lou will not listen to reason. And they have to wake Jimmy up so that he can drive. They're like, Lou quit. And his response is, who's Lou? Yeah, he doesn't know. He's such a child. He is. I I hate him. Oh, God. So now he has to drive the rest of the way there. So that night, the girls want to get out and socialize. But like we just said, they can't go anywhere. They poison Cuthbert. They poison the chaperone. To get out of the place. Something that makes her tummy sick. Yeah. And the girls slip out to this place called the Suds Bucket. And now we're swing dancing with men. Madonna gets to show off her dancing. Madonna is tiny. She is tiny. Like, I don't think about how tiny she is. I guess Penny used to get frustrated with her because she didn't throw like an athlete. Everything she did, all of her movements, were very elegant and fluid because she's a dancer. That's what she does. Exactly. And so, like, she had to learn all over again how to, you know, throw like a tough. But this is where she gets to show off her dancing skills because May, her character, actually used to be a taxi dancer. Which I had to look that up. I had no idea what that was. What is it? It's a dancer who, you know... Dances on taxis? No, no. not dances on taxis. She, men pay her by the dance to dance with her. That's all. No more. Just to dance. And back in the 40s, you know, that was good, wholesome fun. Yeah. This That's actually how she and Doris met. Because Doris, her dad used to own a club that May danced at. And Doris was the bouncer... <laughs> yeah. Malort. That move where the guy is basically twirling her like a guard baton? Yeah. What in the world? Yeah, that was pretty that was pretty skillful. It's amazing choreography. All the way, May. Woo! Dottie's just arriving at the bar. Somehow she got a ride from a 10-year-old boy. Thank you very much, 1943. <laughs> Prepubescent children can drive because no one gave a fuck. Thanks for the ride, kid. What's your rush doll, buddy? What do you say we slip in the back seat and you make a man out of me? What do you say I smack you around for a while? Can't we do both? Dottie's here to bring everyone back to the hotel because Lowenstein's on his way. Yeah. And she's like, where's Marla? Marla is drunk behind the microphone with full karaoke energy. It had to be you. (laughs) So... Others I've seen yeah, 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 yeah. Might never be What did you do to her? Not that we just gave her a dress and a lot of liquor. <laughs> She's making eyes at this dork with glasses 
who is so enamored with her. Yeah, it's always that way, isn't it? It's so pure. But she's just like, come on, Marla, we gotta go, we gotta go. We're at another game. Marla's up to bat, and Dottie is standing at the edge of the dugout making calls. By the way, non-sports people, when I say making calls, I mean she's doing things like touching her forehead, touching her ears, touching her shoulders. It's code. It's all code for what the batters are supposed to do when the pitch comes over. And I guess, (laughs) I don't know what it means to squeeze a bunt. It it sounds inappropriate. It sounds like a cake thing. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) But that's what she's signaling to Marla to do. And Jimmy who manages to look up from the funny pages for all of five seconds, mm-hmm. is like, hey. You gonna have squeeze butt with our best hitter? What's the sign to swing away? Hey, blind girl, what's huh? the sign to swing away? It's the letters, but the infield's deep, the squeeze will work. Stop thinking when your tits want a beginning, you're better! And now Dugan wants to be involved in the calls. So now we've got both Dottie and Jimmy standing next to each other, making contradictory hand signals. They're touching their eyes. They're touching their head. They're touching their forehead. It looks like some absurd Abbott and Costello bit. Dottie takes a step back and Marla takes Jimmy's call. So she hits it. It wins the ball game. So now Jimmy has this reinvigorated sense of purpose. We're on the bus again at night, and May is using a dirty romance novel to teach Shirley how to read. Can you imagine being taught to read using porns? <laughs> uh, she grabbed her milky bre- breast. Yeah. <laughs> and Doris is showing everybody a picture of this Neanderthal boyfriend she has. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, looks aren't the most important thing. That's right. The important thing is he's still fit, he's out of work, and he treats me bad. (laughs) Then why? Why? What do you think? Because, you know, none of the other boys ever, uh, always made me feel like I was wrong, you know? It's because she likes girls. (laughs) Rosie O'Donnell likes girls. Not Doris. I don't know. There are times when I'm just like, are Doris and May more than friends? Doris is into May. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's, I mean, because Rosie's into Madonna. I'm sorry. Like, literally, it translates so well. But she feels like she doesn't need that dumb boyfriend anymore. Rips his photo up, throws it out the window. In the next scene, Jimmy calls Evelyn over after the inning and rips her head off about making the wrong throw or something. Yeah. You let the tying run get on second, and we lost the lead because of you! Now you start using your head! That's not love! That's three feet above your ass! I had a coach like this, and if I saw him again today, I would punch him in the face. Because that's not how you motivate people. No. It's just really not. I'm so sorry. Not even in sports. And, of course, Evelyn starts crying. It makes me feel bad. It makes me feel bad, I feel bad for her. And you know what? Just play it. (laughs) This is what we're all here for. Are you crying? Are you crying? (laughs) There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball! Why don't you leave her alone, Jimmy? Oh, you zip it, Doris! I hate him because he looks like he's spitting tobacco juice in her face. I literally don't care about him once in this entire film. I get it! He's getting so loud that the umpire has to come over and throw him out of the game! Like, seriously, get the hell out of my field if you're gonna act like that. At the next game... Lowenstein comes down to the dugout before the game and tells them that there's a life reporter and photographer in the stands. Uh, Dottie, I'm trying to get them to do a story about you. Me? Why me? Because you're the queen of diamonds. That's what I'm calling you. So, uh, 
Well, you just try to give them something spectacular out there. To, uh, I don't know. Uh, anything. <laughs> the problem is with the league up until this point is that nobody's really paying attention. Yeah. They're not getting fans in the stands. Everybody thinks it's a joke. As you and I know all too well, it's about getting that exposure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, since the press is here... You guys got to make something amazing happen. That's all the instruction he gives them. Just make it look interesting. Mm -hmm. Because they're going to close the league down. Yeah, guess what? Dottie does something right again. Yeah, leave it to Dottie to deliver because she's behind the plate. Kit pitches a pop fly. Pops it up. Oh, Henson should have no trouble with this. She's under it. Uncle Elmore socks. What did she do? Dottie slides into a split to catch it. Oof, that split catch. (laughs) And the photographer snaps a photo like right at that moment. Yeah. It's the perfect cover. Gina, good legs. (laughs) Montage time. This montage is absolutely wild because so much happens. Like, there's a lot of funny bits. You like that bit where they're trying to, they're holding the kid upside down. Jimmy and Doris have Stillwell and they're like shaking him. He goes, Evelyn, Evelyn, your kid ate the lineup. Another thing that I think is the movie nodding to an aspect of this issue that there's not time to talk about. There's this black woman watching them practice and picks up a ball, a foul ball, and she throws it back to Dottie. And like Dottie catches it. It's like a strong throw. Mm -hmm. And then you remember... There are no black women here. Yeah. Because black men were not even in the league up until that point. I don't think Jackie Robinson came along until 1946 or 7. Yeah. There's so much, you know, erasure of people of color throughout our history. And that's just another example of this is something that we don't have time to talk about, but it's there. Yeah. It's a nod. And then we see a bunch of injuries on the of the girls on the team. All the injuries are real. Oof. Even the one on Alice's upper thigh, where she slid on her bottom Mm -hmm. and it's bruised and bleeding. Because you can't wear pants. And she's sobbing. Yeah. It's so horrible. Also, Marla gets married. Yeah. Remember the guy that she was singing karaoke to? Nelson. It had to be you. (laughs) She marries Nelson. It is adorable. Yeah. She's like, I'll be back next season. They're back on the bus at night again. And Dottie is showing Jimmy a picture of her husband. And again, it's Bill Pullman. President Whitmore. Dottie hasn't gotten a letter from him in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And she's like... He usually gets one every week. Yeah. And Jimmy's like, oh, no, he's fine. I'm sure he's fine. Listen, when uh, Bob. Bob comes back, are you going to keep playing? Oh, no. You could just quit like that? Sure. Because you play like you love it. And I think that's because she thinks it's what she's supposed to do. You know, this was a very strange time to be a woman because all the men went off to fight and then women had to step up and fill all of the factory jobs and, you know, really take our place in the workforce. And I think she thinks that it's all temporary. Yeah. And that when Bob comes home, everything's going to go back to normal. She's not in it. And but Jimmy's like, you got it. You can't go back to doing that. You love baseball. It, it's in you. It's what drives you. And she's like, mm, it's all right. It's just a game. So now that the Peaches are winning, Jimmy's actually managing. 
They're at a game, and he's ready to take Kit out because she's throwing easy pitches. He demands to know what Dottie's opinion is, and Dottie reluctantly agrees. What do you think? Well, you know, she's, uh, she's battling. What do you think? She's done. She's throwing grapefruits at them. Walter Harvey is here with Lowenstein, and even though he's excited about the success... He's even more excited about the fact that they won't have to have the league next year because we're winning the war. Mm -hmm. Ira looks a little disappointed and makes the point that I would make, which is, that's bullshit. Yeah. We told them it was their patriotic duty to get out of the kitchen and go to work. And now when the men come back, we'll send them back to the kitchen. What should we do? Send the boys returning from war back to the kitchen? Do you know how dedicated these girls are and what they go through? They play with sprained ankles, broken fingers. They ride a bus sometimes all night to play a doubleheader the next morning. I'll make it up to them. What, with Harvey bars? I like Ira a little more now because he's <laughs> he's going to bat for these girls. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> he offers to take over... <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> anyway, going on. <laughs> he offers to take over ownership of the team, but Harvey and all 52 of his teeth are not budging. <laughs> 52? Yeah, remember, I, he's a no, mouthful he's of teeth. teeth. Iris says he'll prove him wrong. Kit's upset. Oh, yeah, because Betty strikes out the last batter, and, and now the Peaches are in the playoffs. But Kit's licking her wounds in the dugout. And Doris comes up to her and starts teasing her about the switch out. What's the matter, kid? You too big to finish your own games now? Which prompts Kit to start wailing on her. Yeah. In front of all of the photographers. Kit's done being put down. She's done playing second fiddle. Yeah. You know, do you think Jimmy would have taken her off the mound if Dottie had said she was doing fine? No. No. So she probably blames Dottie for getting taken out of the game. Exactly. Jimmy drags her kicking and screaming back to the locker room, throws her under the shower so she'll cool off. Drags her kicking and streaming uh, do i get fired now yes you're, you're fired sorry, too sorry dotty tells kit that she acted like a baby which is true uh, she did she did she, you know there's no reason to start a fist I fight mean, yeah if kit's tired take her out you know yeah and she was but kit took it as something against her character yes very very personally yes and now they're arguing and you know kit's kit's done Kit's like, I'm tired. I'm tired of you having to be better than me always. It's like if you're here, then I'm not here. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know what I mean. I know I'm wrong. I know you're right and I'm wrong. I know that. I just... I just get so mad. Why do you gotta be so good? Huh? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's upsetting. I'm not saying I feel this way. (laughs) I'm saying I could understand it. You're funnier than me. You're funnier than me. And I know you disagree, but sometimes I'm like, God damn it. He's so funny. Why am I not that funny? I have have similar opinions. (laughs) Similar opinions. You think I'm funnier than you? No. Oh, wait, no. (laughs) I think you're as funny as I am. Okay. I completely believe you. It's just sometimes in gatherings, it's very hard for me to be me because you're already being me. 
That's fair. We are, <laughs> we are very similar. Yes, we are. Didn't we prove it 15 minutes ago when we made the same joke about the little kid? We did. We did. So, yeah, I get that. Ira finds Dottie in the locker room packing her bags because she doesn't want to fight with her sister anymore. I have to leave. Oh, don't worry. I was going to leave without you. No. I'm going home. I'm getting the team. What? Why? What, I have to uh, go home. Home? I, you can't go home now. No, it's, uh, oh, this couldn't come at a worse time. Uh, and Ira's like, no, please, you don't understand. You cannot go. You cannot go right now. The l- entire league will fold. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. I'll arrange for a transfer. Yeah. I'll, I'll get you transferred to another team. And she's like, okay. Well, then we realize... He doesn't want to lose Dottie. Because she's the best player on the Rockford Peaches. So guess who gets transferred? That night, everyone's relaxing in the boarding house where they're staying. And Kit... (laughs) (laughs) It's done. Kit's really done this time. Kit comes in, takes a baseball, and throws it through a window. Bitch! What? I've been traded to Racine. You? I I told them to trade me. Oh, yeah, they'd really trade you, Miss Star, Miss Perfect. You know exactly what was going to happen the whole time. I didn't. This will be better than this. Dottie's like, whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) She's like, I told him to trade me. Yeah. Not you. They go upstairs, shut themselves in a bedroom to argue, and literally the rest of the team. Because like, oh, mom and dad's arguing. Let's go and listen. They're lined up outside the door. Doris has her ear pressed to the door. And then every time somebody says something, she'll turn around and go, Doris, they just said this. (laughs) It's like a game of telephone all all the way down the stairs. Hey, Kit, blow it out your rear end. I am so sick of being blamed for everything that's bothering you. I got you into this league, goddammit. I got her into the league. I didn't even want to be here. And why are you still here? But it's over, you know? I mean, Kit's still in the league. She's just not going to be a peach anymore. Mm -hmm. She's going to be a bell. Now we're in the playoffs. And even though Kit's not here, they're still trying to keep their spirits up. Evelyn's written a little song. We're the members of the All-American League. We come from cities near and far. We got Canadian, Irish ones and streets. We're all for one, for one, for all. We're all American. Right about the time everybody's getting ready to go out on the field, there's a knock at the locker room door. It's the war department. It's a postal carrier and he's got a telegram. He's the most inconsiderate motherfucker I've ever met. Because he comes in and he's like, somebody's dead. And then he doesn't have the name of who it belongs to. Yeah. He doesn't have the name of who it's addressed to. So Jimmy just takes it. That's like Jimmy's first actual compassionate act. Just give me the telegram. I can't. I don't have a name on the checklist. Just give me the telegram. Hey, this is official. This is from the War Department. Come on. That's official business. I'm coming. Betty and Dottie are the only ones with husbands in the war. Yeah. So they're both in a very tense moment where he's approaching both of them, sat side by side. You think he's going to hand it to Dottie? And then at the very last second. I'm sorry, Betty. No, 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 no. The sound she makes. 
I have in my notes, and I'm crying. Mm-hmm. That's so awful. Right before a game. Also, why is Stillwell in the locker room? <laughs> Somebody's got to watch him. Well, he doesn't need to be watching all these naked ladies. <laughs> <laughs> He's watching that one lady take off her hose. Yeah. <laughs> Later that night, Dottie is sobbing in her room because she had an extremely close call there. Yeah. She was thumbing her rosary, thinking that telegram was going to be for her, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. And then there's another knock at the door. And guess what? It's Bob! Bill Pullman! And he's only injured! Yes! He's <laughs> not dead! Hi, you cutie. What happened? He's using a cane when he limps in. It's clearly, he looks like he was shot in the foot or something. Dottie can hardly believe it. It's a miracle. Mm -hmm. It was history's worst war. And it wasn't a matter of if he was going to come back from war. He probably wasn't going to come back from war. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she has him there now is a miracle. She's ready to throw in the towel. Yeah. She's so grateful to have Bob back safe. That she's just going to quit right before the World Series game. The next morning, everyone's getting back on the bus, except Dottie, who's putting her things in Bob's car. And Jimmy comes over to the car and he's like, hey, why are you crawling away right now? Yeah. Chicken shit, Dottie. You want to go back home to Oregon and make 100 babies? Great. I'm in no position to tell anyone how to live. But sneaking out like this, quitting, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. Baseball is what gets inside you. It's what lights you up. You can't deny that. You had a criticism before we started the recording. You were like, you don't think Dottie, you don't think Dottie's very interesting. You she's don't, not the most interesting lead, no, because she's not in this. You, you know, she's like really good and all, but she does not care. You hear Jimmy say all these things about her like baseball's in you. It's what drives you. I don't buy it. You don't think, you don't believe that Dottie's that into it. I don't it. think she feels that way. And you know... She literally wants to have her husband and to have a family. And maybe that's something that is purposeful. Because remember, older Dottie isn't really excited to even go back and revisit these memories. Exactly. You know, so maybe it never was something that she really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Like you, you're very good, very, very good at like cinematography. Yeah. You don't do that anymore. No, I used to be very into it when I was in high school and it's not that I wouldn't do it again. It's just, it's not important to me the way it used to be. When I think you could have done great things in that, but it wasn't your thing. It was a way to document my young life and to, you know, make fun things with my friends. Exactly. Dottie gets in the car and drives away with Bob. Also, before they get on the bus, these little boys come up to Jimmy and they go, Mr. Dugan, will you sign my baseball? (laughs) And he goes, sure. And he hands it back to him and the kid goes, wow, avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. (laughs) That's good advice. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's great. The World Series starts and the Rancine Bells are starting to give the Peaches a run for their money because they've got Kit as a pitcher and the Peaches are losing because they don't have Dottie. Yeah. Pitcher and catcher, they're a team. Yeah. They have the most on-field communication between players. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I don't think we did this in softball, but sometimes 
in baseball, the catcher is the one throwing the hand signals. Yeah. Like, put it here, put it over here, whatever. And so they, they're missing out on that communication and that collaboration. Jimmy does something he's never done before and starts leading the ladies in a prayer before the game. May our feet be swift. May our bats be mighty. May our balls be plentiful. Lord, I just like to thank you for that waitress in South Bend. You know who she is. She kept calling your name. Yeah, I don't like to think about Tom Hanks having sex. <laughs> he's too, you know. He's so pure. He's pure. Yeah, I don't I don't like to think about it. He's like America's fun uncle. So they get to the, they get to play in the World Series. Ellen Sue's warming up to pitch with the new catcher, and Jimmy turns to the catcher and he's like, Alice, if Ellen Sue doesn't have anything, you don't keep it a secret. You understand me? You tell me. You tell me right away. You understand me? Do you hear me? Yeah, you're screaming. I hear you. The catcher pops up and takes her mask off. It's Dottie. It's Dottie. Of course. That suspense lasted for all of three minutes. This made me upset. Why? Because she says, we got all the way to Yellowstone and turned around. And I went, (gasps) from Chicago? In 1943? In the little old Packard puttering down the road? Do you understand how long? (laughs) If I was Bob, I would have been upset. (laughs) I would have said no. I bet Bob's a nice man and said, We're going sure. to Oregon. <laughs> We're at Yellowstone. We are more than halfway there. <laughs> I would have been so mad. Anyway. <laughs> the Peaches and the Bells are playing a really good game. Kit's throwing fire behind the plate. Dottie's catching everything. Big pressure sibling rivalry here, folks. Yeah. May hits a short run to first. Doris hits May to second. And Evelyn bunched the ball to load the bases. So now, you know, high stakes. Dottie's turn to bat with one out left in the inning, and Kit has to pitch to her. Mm -hmm. So this is electric. She looks so nervous. Here's the pitch. Dottie beans it right down the middle and sends Kit down to the mound. Like, Kit has to duck. Yeah. Throw herself to the ground to get out of the way of this hit. I like when Bob goes, that's my wife. I know. Yeah. It's adorable. So now we're at the bottom of the ninth. The bells are hitting and the peaches are in the outfield. Kit is in the dugout absolutely losing her mojo because now the peaches are ahead. Mm-hmm. She's she's losing. She she has no more chances to prove herself as a pitcher. Dottie's still going hard, though. She throws herself in the dugout to catch a foul. Kit is up to bat, and when she gets to the plate, she makes long eye contact with Dottie. Mm-hmm. Dottie calls a timeout, and I was like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen here. I forget what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember if she goes up to the pitcher and says, go easy on her, or not. High fastballs. She can't hit him. Can't lay off him. All right. Dottie. I know. You cold operator. I know. My God. We have strike one, strike two. They're all too high. She has a choice. She could listen to her sister's standard advice. Don't swing at the high ones. Or she could hit them. Here's the pitch. And she hits that last ball, and that pop goes 
all the way to the fence. Mm -hmm. It's incredible because she's rounding first, she's rounding second. She really should have stopped on third, but she blows through it. And Dottie's got the ball in her hand ready to tag her out. Mm -hmm. Kit literally steamrolls over her, mm-hmm. knocks the ball out of her hand. Yep. The Bells win! The Bells win the World Series, and the Peaches are upset. Oh, yeah, they're very Especially disappointed. Especially Doris. Oh, Doris is really upset. She is. Mm-hmm. She really thought they were going to win. Mm-hmm. But Kit's getting her moment in the sun. Yeah. The whole team, all of the Rancine Bells, pick her up on their shoulders. Dottie. <laughs> Dottie comes out with her bag after the game, and she sees Kit signing autographs and for these little kids. Little and- girls. Yeah, these little girls. Who are you rooting for? Racing! That's what I thought you said. Yeah. Okay, well, you guys be good. Get dirty. <laughs> that moment makes me cry, honestly, because that moment is what it's all about. Those little girls mm-hmm. looking up to Kit and thinking, I can play professional baseball one day mm-hmm. because I see someone else doing it. Exactly. And that makes it possible for me. She sees Dottie looking all upset and she goes over to Dottie and she's like, hey. I'm sorry I knocked you on the ground. And she went, no, you're not. (laughs) No, you are not sorry about that one little bit. Look, I'm going back to the hotel, and then Bob and I are driving back to Oregon. You're welcome to come with us. No. You two should be alone. I'd just be in the way. When do you think you'd be coming home? Well, some of the girls have been talking about staying around here, you know, and getting jobs. I really like it here. She doesn't want to go back to the dirty old dairy farm. Which is understandable. She's the one who, when they were still in Oregon, was like, don't you want more than this? Yeah. Don't you want to taste more than this? Because I do. (laughs) Please. (laughs) And, you know, Dottie's got a husband now. And Kit asks her if she's going to come back for the next season. And she's like, no, I want to have babies. Yeah. And you know what? That's good for Dottie. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to have <laughs> babies or play baseball, yeah. it's fine as long as you don't make your husband turn around at Yellowstone. <laughs> we forgot to talk about what happens to Jimmy. I know you don't. Oh, yeah, because I literally wrote, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> no. Okay, so here's what happens, y'all. So they're leaving, right? They run into Jimmy on the way out. Yeah. Well, I, uh, old man Harvey, he just, uh, he just offered me a job managing next year in Wichita. Wow. Triple A? That's great. Good luck. Turn him down. Why? What do you mean, why? I already got a job. Turn them down. Yeah, and that's when I wrote, I don't give a fuck that Dugan stayed. (laughs) He's literally not been helpful this whole time. (laughs) He has done nothing but scream and make Dottie confused about what she wants in life. Yeah, so, yeah, you have, you're you're not that excited. There is nothing about his character that is adding to the female empowerment here. (laughs) Thanks, Doogie. I mean, he's the character that all the men in the audience are supposed to relate to. (laughs) You don't abide that at all. No. Good for you. My wee-wee touched. (laughs) Dottie sees Kit heading for the Bells bus, and before she gets on, she yells after her. Hey, Kit. Lay off of those high ones. 
I like the high one. Mule! Ned! It's just like in the beginning. Yeah. So she stays. Kit stays. And like she and Dottie, they don't, they're not, it's not like they stop being sisters, you yeah, know? she's like, come home every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. They just don't see each other very often. And now we're coming back to 1980, whatever the hell. I love the fade out when it comes back to her looking at the field before it faded out in the beginning. And I wrote, it was all one thought. Yeah, it was all one single thought. Yeah. It was, like, it was a two hour long memory. Yeah. She encounters all of her old friends. Yeah. I really love that they just got women that look like they did, these actresses. They looked really, really alike. Yeah, and I'm like, they didn't try to do any cheesy makeup you or anything. You could tell who everyone was. You could tell who everyone was. Mm-hmm. And again, I forgot all about the lip dubbing. Because you're right. This woman looks a lot like Gina Davis if Gina Davis got older. It's the cheekbones. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely the cheekbones. They bones. did a good job. All the older ladies see Dottie, older Dottie. Mm-hmm. We see Doris and May. They're still best friends. Mm-hmm. And Betty and Ellen Sue and Marla. Yeah. Oh, so great. Who's still married to Nelson over 40 years. But no Kit. Kit's not here. Kit's not here yet. As part of their reunion, they're going to go visit the Baseball Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Because now, the finally, the women, 40 years later, are getting their own exhibit. Mm-hmm. We learn that Evelyn has passed on. But yeah. guess who's in the museum? It's grown up Stillwell. <laughs> he goes, he sees Dottie and he's like, Dottie Henson, remember me? And she's like, and she like covers her mouth and she's like, Stillwell Angel. <laughs> it's like she's seen a ghost. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I feel like I owed it to my mom to be here. I mean, imagine being a little kid mm-hmm. and being a part of that history, mm-hmm. even if you were an annoying little pissant. Yeah. <laughs> like how how humbled you would be as an adult that you got to see it. We also learned that Jimmy's gone. Yeah. The year before. Yeah. She, uh, Dottie walks up to his picture that's got all his stats on it. Mm-hmm. It's not like she looks at it wistfully. Or, yeah. You know, it's literally just to inform us that he died last year. Yeah. That's why he's not here. Good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck what? Ira Lowenstein cuts the ribbon at the opening of the Women in Baseball Hall of Fame exhibit. Ladies, it's my honor. Ross, I gotta be honest. I cried through this whole scene, through this whole last scene I cried because they're all walking around and they're looking at their pictures mm-hmm. and one of them stands up and starts singing the Ellen song. Sue. Ellen Sue stands up. And starts singing the song that Helen wrote mm-hmm. about how they're all American. We're the members of the All-American League. We come from cities near and far. We've got Canadians, Irish ones and Swedes. We're all for one, we're one for all. This is where a skinny blonde woman walks in with a large family. It's Kit. Yeah, it's Kit. One of the kids points at Kit's picture and says, Is that you, Grandma? Mm-hmm. And Kit and Dottie lock eyes mm-hmm. and they embrace in front of everybody right before they snap a team photo. Yeah. And that team photo fades into the old photo when they were all young. And right before the credits roll, we get a title card that says, 
This film is dedicated to the members of the AAGPBL, the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. Which was a real thing, guys. It was. Like, I don't like, I don't think we drove that home enough. Like, this is not something they fictionalized for fun. This is all real. They played, like, six seasons of baseball. Like, these characters aren't in any way real, but th- the league was. The credits feature shots of the real women who were on that team playing baseball, mm-hmm. all, like, in their 80s, and they're still playing baseball. They're in fantastic, they're in better shape than I am. Yep. And it's all set to this Madonna song that she wrote for the movie. It's really, um... It's, it's an odd choice. I don't care for it. It's called This Used to Be My Playground. This used to be my playground. This used to be my childhood dream. Guys, I got big, like, Rose returning to the Titanic vibes there at the end. <laughs> Like, it felt like it, you see all these shots of these old women playing baseball, and I'm like, is this, like, heaven? Are they all dying? <laughs> is this angels Th- in the outfield? This very morose song playing in the background. All right, let's have the feminism conversation. Hey. I'm kidding. Can we do it without the attitude? I'm kidding. This movie will always be important because it takes place in the 40s. It was made in the 90s. And it's a classic today. And through all of that time, the, it's never old. It's never an old concept that women are still facing a high bar when it comes to having our abilities compared to men. Women have to be twice as good as a man at something in order to be considered as good. And if any of you out there disagree with me about that, frankly... You're not paying enough attention. Mm -hmm. This movie also makes me think that there is no case anymore for having male and female teams. I honestly think men and women should be allowed to play on the same team. I do too. Like, why aren't teams co-ed? I hear all of the stupid arguments in my head. It's like, well, we can't do the stats the same because men and women have different bodies. What will we do about the locker rooms, etc., etc.? Like, guys, adapt. A woman... Coached in the Super Bowl this year, guys. That's right. Yeah, for the 49ers. Katie Sowers, original badass. She's out there making calls, helping players. If women can coach football, why can't they play football professionally? Why do we have to have baseball and softball, men's basketball, women's basketball? It's just, it all seems so stupid and pointless to me. If we all just played on the same team... We wouldn't even have to have these discussions about what what league is better. Is the WNBA a joke? Stuff like that. It's all boring and stupid and talked out. Grow up. Play together on a team. So what do you take away from this movie, if anything? I mean, I'm finding it difficult to say what I take away from this movie. It's probably because I can't relate. No, I mean, no, I think that's a fair... That's a fair position to take. I've, I mean, you're guys... A ma- you're a man. And I'm not saying that means that you can't have an opinion. I'm a white man, and I've never had to deal with that kind of adversity. You're a man who doesn't like sports. Like... Yeah! You have no dog in this fight. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think it's got a great message. I think it's done well. I love Penny Marshall. Mm-hmm. Okay, here. You want to know something I take away from this? Tell me. I love it when women get to explore their masculinity. Play around with gender roles. Exactly. And because it's all bullshit. Yeah, no, gender's bullshit. Gender's fluid. I think that 
it's important for women to step outside of the box. Shut up. <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to say? Yes. The batter's box. The batter's box. <laughs> Fuck you. Alright guys, so we've explored women's politics, we've explored women in sports, women in sports, now we're going to talk about women with mental health issues. We're going to be talking about some of those aspects in next week's feature, Girl Interrupted. Oh boy. Guys, <laughs> I love this movie. Carrie's like, no, 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 it's a good movie, it just... It makes me feel things, and, and they're not all positive. But that's good. It is good. It's doing its job. It's a good movie. I just, I'm hoping that we can find the humor in what is some truly awful material. It's kind of bullshit for me to talk about how that that's going to be a powerful movie for me, but then to say that this movie I can't relate to. Yeah. Because I definitely can't relate to women in a psych ward. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> but you absolutely cannot. I think that this film does a great job. I think Girl Interrupted does a great job putting you there. And we're going to have some great performances. We're going to have Winona Ryder. I almost said on the show. We're going to have Winona Ryder on the show, guys. <laughs> guys, Winona Ryder and Angelina Jolie are going to be joining us next week. <laughs> I don't know. I think if we threw Winona Ryder enough money, she would do it. Probably. I think Angelina Jolie is too cool for school. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. And you can also write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And you can also listen to us on Spotify now. I, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. What's, I, what's the handle on Spotify? I don't think we have a handle on Spotify. It's just search kick, kicking and streaming. With an ampersand? Yeah, with an ampersand. Cool. Please go and leave us a review on one of those platforms. Please? Good or bad. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. What can we do better? You can also send us suggestions at our email address for some movies you'd like to see in the upcoming year. Beyond Life Magazine Exposure Mechanism. <laughs> More quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, sorry mom. mom.